Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. What do Alex Jewell and Moses Cleveland have in common? Well, the simple answer is they're going to be spending plenty of time in downtown Cleveland, Ohio this week as we get you set for MAC Tournament action here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Alex Jewell. What a week we could be seeing. Eastern Michigan could be well on its way to a Mid-American Conference Tournament victory on the women's side. But first, they got to get through number one seeded Bowling Green coming up on Wednesday at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Alex, we've seen this team play very good basketball at stretches, and they nearly knocked off the Falcons once this year, a chance for revenge against BG coming up on Wednesday. Well, first, you you can't mention the game without mentioning the job that Robin Fralick has done down at Bowling Green, Greg. A fantastic turnaround for them, so kudos to the number one seed. It's hard to win 18 basketball games in any season, let alone a season where you only play 23 games if you're Bowling Green. So they're coming into this, this game with a lot of energy, and they've done a great job. But on the flip side for Eastern Michigan, we've said it all year. They have the ability to beat any team they go against. They've played well against Bowling Green once. And you look at the schedule, a couple of games down the stretch that got by for the women's team and they didn't finish necessarily the way they wanted. But that's not going to matter. Matter. I can tell you personally, I can you can rest assured at home that this team in Eastern Michigan will come out fiery on Wednesday. It's 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 do or die, Greg. I mean, it's March. This is the best time of the year. It's winter go home. The energy will be there. It's just a matter of can you make the plays down the stretch? Can you shoot the ball well enough to get a victory? And Eastern Michigan, well, they've up upset a number one seed before they're only one in six against one seeds in the tournament but in the mac tournament as of late one seeds have not fared the best greg in fact since 2015 only two one seeds have actually won the tournament so there's some any way you kind of finagle it there's some statistics that can work in the favor of eastern michigan in this game yeah you look at eastern michigan in its time winning mac championships the eagles have had people help them they haven't had to be the ones head hunting you look back at 2003-04 when Susie merchant led the eagles to their first ever mac title and and my first ring actually that i get to take home uh eastern had to go through toledo who was the seven seed marshall and then number four bowling green who then under kurt miller was just starting their emergence and then you look a few years later uh when eastern wins it again in 2012 again they have an easier path to get to the championship game and then win it but that year again they had to go through number one seeded toledo before they uh, so anything can happen in, in route. Never count out a tournament setting uh, in a situation where no teams are really getting to see the court much 
in this COVID-centric year. Well, not only that, but it's been a different year for everybody. Everybody has had games canceled. Everybody's had practices be different. The situations traveling to Cleveland, that is all different than normal. So it's a new situation for everybody. So really the argument of, oh, well, Team A is a veteran team. They've been here before. Or Team B is a, is a new team. They don't have the experience. I think that all gets thrown out the window in this tournament. It will really be just about who brings the better game on that day. And Greg... The- and don't forget, it might not be about the game. It is all about what you do in that conference room five hours before you play a game and if your nasal cavity says you're okay or not because one test that goes the wrong way your season just ended. That's that's the truth. And I, you know, before we get back into the basketball, I think we can all agree, Greg. I truly, for all of these teams, you and I were there last year when the commissioner made the announcement that the tournament was was being canceled, and we had to we not only had to deal with our team and our student athletes having to go through that, as well as student athletes around campus, but also seeing the letdown of all the teams there, all the the everybody going back to the hotel, packing up for the sake of what is great about basketball and what's great about intercollegiate athletics. I truly hope. There's not a single positive test down there this week. I hope that no team has the issues because really that's, again, what this so fun about the tournament is having everybody have their fair shot. That, that earned the right to be in Cleveland. And you just don't want to see anybody move up or go home because of, of testing issues. But so we certainly hope that, that everybody's safe and those tests come back negative. But uh, just again, another opportunity for Eastern Michigan to go out and prove themselves, Greg. This is a big one too, because we've already had two championships at Eastern Michigan this year with both men's cross country and indoor track and field claiming theirs. Women's basketball could have a chance to make it number 153 for Eastern Michigan if they're able to bring home the title. And it would be Eastern's first 10 2012. So uh, another lofty opponent. Bowling Green, by the way, I didn't know this, the most victorious team in terms of MAC mm-hmm. tournament history. They've got 11. They're looking for 12. So the path is not easy. But again, this year so more than ever. I don't think the seeds really matter, Greg, because think about it. On Saturday, as Eastern Michigan closed out the regular season, depending on the way things fell, they had a chance to get all the way up to the number five seed and they end up as the number eight seed. So every team, you and I see it night in and night out, has a chance to win this tournament. You look at it and the other thing is waking up early. Wednesday's games will begin at 11 a.m. as Eastern Michigan gets it going in that 8-1 matchup. Then if they win, they would play the 10 a.m. game on Friday in the semifinals before an 11 a.m. game on CBS Sports. Network on Saturday. The men have the same basic setup on that side. Toledo, the number one seed on that side. We talk about Eastern Michigan's uh, drought since 2012. Well, Toledo has not gone to the big dance since the 1980s. So it's been a long time. So it's going to be a a unique week to see how things play out. Uh, And on the men's side, Michael Uger, who we saw come in here a few weeks ago on the men's side, leading Bowling Green, their team playing very good basketball down the stretch, but never count out uh, a team in Buffalo who the last two times we've been in Cleveland have taken home tournament titles in both men's and women's basketball. So a lot can happen. That's not the only things going on around Eastern Michigan this week. We will focus a lot on basketball, uh, but you can always watch a bunch of games this week going on. Women's golf in action right now. They're down in Jacksonville at the Benbow Invitational. 
They'll be to there to Monday and Tuesday. Meanwhile, men's golf is in Georgia. Initially, where they were scheduled to be in South Carolina, but COVID did not allow people to be at Kiowa Island, so they've moved it a little further south to Sea Island, Georgia. So they'll be in there to watch Bruce Cunningham's club. Then we still have the fun of baseball. We've been talking about the baseball surprising starts so far. They will head to none other than nationally ranked Mississippi State and Scott Weatherby's former club at as well this weekend. So watch out for some really exciting national invitational kind of stuff coming up. It's going to be an exciting week for baseball. And as you're tuning around the the Eastern Michigan women's basketball games as they hunt for that crown, it's a great opportunity to get some eyes on a baseball team that's four and two right now, Greg, and really could be five and one last night. They had an opportunity to win a game and end up getting walked off in extra innings, their first extra inning game of uh, the season. But a, a fantastic start for Eric Roof's crew. And what you like to see, and, and we've had him on actually the past couple of episodes, if you go back and listen back, what you love to see is not only it only took about a week, the bats have started to heat up. They've started to put more runs on the board. And really, a takeaway yesterday's tough loss against Bellarmine. The pitching has been very good. Davis Feldman, the team's ace, he's off to a 2-0 start for the first time in his career. So that's all That's all good on the baseball diamond. And then, Greg, it's also some really important uh, events around other sports as well, as men's track and field and women's track and field will have some representatives at the NCAA Indoor Championships this weekend in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Volleyball, of course, will be on the court against Bowling Green later on in the week on Friday as they begin to, uh, on Thursday and Friday, as they begin to kind of wind down their season and and really try to get in the mix of things as we head towards the championship race. And then, of course, women's tennis has been in action all of these weeks, and they're back at it this week at the Chippewa Club against Ball State on Friday, as well as gymnastics as they get ready to start pairing up for the Mid-American Conference Championships. They've had a good couple of uh, meets and won this past weekend that didn't quite go their way as they brought in three other teams, but another team that has every opportunity to hunt for a Mid-American Conference Championship. And we know it's been a few years since they've had one, so Katie Minnesota and her team will certainly want one. But Grab the oxygen again. Tank. That's a lot of Out of, of breath. Out of breath. We have a lot of things going on. We literally said this last week, but we're going to say it every week. There's a lot of things going on. So buckle up. If you're an Eastern Michigan fan, make sure to keep following us at emueagles.com, each team's social media account, Greg. You can find great updates as well as the games that we're lucky enough to have broadcasted as well. So certainly should be a fun week on campus, highlighted by, of course, the MAC tournament. Yeah, and you look at it, it'll be a good week. This week's episode, we go a little outside the box as we talked about all the teams that are in action. Well, this week's podcast is about the one team from Eastern Michigan that will not be in action yet, and that's women's lacrosse. They will not start for a couple more years, but we get the chance to preview and talk about the foundation that's being laid by Alicia Groveston Jackson getting ready for this women's lacrosse program to start in uh, the upcoming year's recruiting base helping build a facility, uh, ways to, to to get the brand out there, and really just what lacrosse is all about. Plus, she's filled one, one of my fantasies on being on a game show. We even talk about that. It's the first time that our fans are going to get a chance to really meet and hear from Coach Groveston Jackson, and it's a very great opportunity. I'll tell you, Greg, I know we're a little biased because we've gotten to, to talk to her and, and have these conversations already, but she really is so passionate about the opportunity 
opportunity to build a program here at Eastern Michigan. And by the way, everybody at home, we got a really good one because this is something she's done before and she's been very successful at it. So we won't preview too much of it. We'll let you go into the break. And on the other side of it, we're going to talk to Alicia Groveston Jackson, the new women's lacrosse coach here at Eastern Michigan. Remember, everybody, it's a big week. Mac tournament opportunities for women's basketball. You can hear their first game 11 a.m. on Wednesday as they'll take on the number one seed Bowling Green. It's on ESPN+. Plus. You can also hear it on WEMU 89.1 FM, where our friend and the voice of the Eagles, Tom Helmer, will have the call. Stay tuned because he's going to have a nice pregame show with Coach Castro starting about 10 minutes before tip-off, and then we'll lead you right into that. So, Greg, I think we've done our part. Hopefully, women's basketball will do their part, and hopefully at the end of this week, it'll be a, a clean sweep of Eagles wins. We'll be hanging out in the Riverwalk next week in San Antonio, if that's everything, the, car, the cards shake out the right way. Alex, grab yourself some flour tortillas, buddy, because it's time for some Tex-Mex if we win. Hey, I'm excited for that. It's a great opportunity, but first we've got to get through Wednesday. So everybody tune in, help support our Eastern women's basketball team in the tournament, as well as all of our great teams on campus. We're going to take a break right on the flip side of this. It's head women's lacrosse coach, Alicia Groveston Jackson. This is the Eastern Insider Podcast. Stay with us. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Some people would like to win the Powerball. Some people don't need to win the Powerball. We're joined by newest EMU head coach, Elisa Groston-Jackson. It's kind of like winning the lottery. You've, you've had a, a life-changing few months. You've had a baby, you got a new job, and now you're starting up a program. Does it kind of feel like winning the lottery? Because everything is just coming up golden for you. It does. I, you know, some people have said 2020 hasn't been a great year for them. I actually think completely the opposite for us. Uh, you know, we, we bought and sold a house. We moved into our hopefully forever home and uh, had a baby four and a half months ago and and got this job right before that happened. So yeah, everything is coming up roses for us over here. And and I'm very excited about what the future holds. You get to start a program from scratch, something that you've done once before. You helped uh, build Grand Valley into what it is today. Uh, Originally though, you came from Maryland and now you're a Michigander really at heart. What's it like to start up a program in a state now that you've got such great roots in having started a program already once prior. So 10 years ago, starting the program at, at Grand Valley, it was a completely different environment lacrosse wise, education wise, um, you know, really just, it's done a complete 180 to now where we are with things here in, in 2020 and 2021. So, you know, for me doing this previously at a different institution, it one where, you know, you can go back and reflect on all of the things that you thought you did well, the things that you wanted to improve upon, and the things that you were thought now in retrospect, you were absolutely crazy to do. So, you know, that's really nice. And I've, I've done that kind of as I was going through the interview process and, and considering this position. And then, you know, now that we're in the process of, of building it and speaking with student athletes about what we're looking to do, it's very easy to kind of pick and choose the moments that I, I definitely want to replicate here. And, um, you know, people could say I'm either crazy or brilliant to do this a second time um, because, you know, it's something that you have to have a special, I think, heart to do it. It's not 
easy. It's not definitely not for the faint of heart to, to build a program. There's a lot of uh, growing pains as they say, but the experience on the flip side, when you get through that is so incredibly rewarding that um, if you stick with it and you, you know, really stay positive through the whole thing, it, it's something that pays you back truthfully. And so to be able to do this again, I'm just so grateful for the chance to do it at, at the division one level, um, really in my backyard, didn't have to move, didn't have to make any massive changes, just really got to, um, you know, really think about what I wanted to do. And I missed coaching so much that this just made sense. Well, coach, whether somebody calls you brilliant or crazy, that means that you're, you're certainly having an impact on that person. So uh, that's certainly a, a positive thing. And lacrosse is a growing sport. We know that, but it's not often you meet somebody and they say, well, my passion's lacrosse and this is what I want to do. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the game, your uh, kind of your path through, through lacrosse and how now you've ended up at Eastern Michigan. Sure. So I started playing lacrosse uh, when I was in, believe, in sixth grade. I tried to play in fifth grade, but signups were too late. Uh, so I actually played softball um, and we were like the bad news bears and our team just, uh, like just, just dissolved. So I don't even know that I actually ever played a game. I think we had like two practices and then it was done. So uh, just a ragtag bunch of misfits apparently, but um, you know, in going the next year lacrosse, I was able to play with a bunch of my friends. That's really what I wanted to do. I was what we want to call a social sporter at that point. It was just an experience that I wanted to share with my friends. And, um, you know, I, I continued to play the game. It was the one that was the most fun for me. Uh, I was a three sport athlete in high school. I played field hockey, basketball and lacrosse and uh, lacrosse was the one I just looked forward to because after two relatively competitive uh, seasons with field hockey and basketball, which is the one where I got to just play and experience the game. And so uh, when I looked at going to college, I ended up playing two sports for two years. I played field hockey and lacrosse. And then I transferred to the school Salisbury university that I graduated from and only played lacrosse there and really just kind of found a new love for the, 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 Again, it was a new coach. So he was building his culture. He was looking to start his program, if you will. And so I got to be a part of that in the first ever class for him. And so uh, I guess it kind of, you know, in retrospect is probably part of the reason why, you know, here I am wanting to build programs. And then I actually stayed and got my master's. And when I got my master's, I coached high school and, and had a blast doing that. And then I worked in the, um, actually worked in uh, the mortgage industry and, and home sales for three and a half years. And uh, at that point, the bubble burst in 2007, at the end of 2007. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I just took a second to, to think of when I was the happiest and it was being a student athlete. And so I, I said, well, maybe I'll go back and get my teaching degree. Both my parents are educators. Um, and so I was like, maybe I'll get my teaching degree and coach high school or I'll try this college coaching thing. And so I found a position at Belmont Abbey College working with my friend, Sean Williamson and loved it. He, that was his second program he had built. Um, so apparently I just followed people who like to build things. So um, that was his second program that he had, he liked to build. And I got there, you know, they were a top uh, 20 program. So I got in at a really good time and helped him continue to build that program. And fortunately for me, he was a boss who, very much wanted us to explore our options and, and felt very strongly that if we had a good opportunity, we needed to take it. And so that's when I ended up coaching at Gannon University. I, I got the head coaching position there after only nine months with Sean and um, loved doing that. Uh, that was a top 10 program. And it was 
um, you know, a, a vast departure. I was in North Carolina, went to Erie, Pennsylvania, talk about snow, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a whole nother animal, but, you know, being there, I, I got a passion for the competitiveness really of, of everything. And so then Grand Valley popped up. I called and was like, tell me about this. And I Googled it and I was like, oh, Michigan, <laughs> I was trying to get closer back to home or the East coast. And I kept going further away. And, um, as I went through the process and listening to what they, they had to say, I just felt like it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And so went through the process and got the position at, at uh, Grand Valley and spent eight and a half years there and um, then moved to the east side of the state after getting, well, I was getting married. So I got married and, and you know, then had our daughter and worked at the University of Michigan and in, in soccer, kind of took a break from lacrosse. And um, that gave me a whole new perspective. It was just really fun to work with very competitive coaches at a high level who were who are turning a program around. Um, and so that was a new experience as well and learned a lot from them about culture and, and how they, you know, the buy-in that they have with their student athletes was just very inspiring. So, you know, I, I plan to take a lot of that here. And then I, I knew I wanted to get back into coaching after that break. So I, I saw the position at Eastern and felt like it was something, again, that I couldn't pass up the opportunity to see if it was a fit. And it really has been. So um, very excited to be here. It's been a long and windy road, as they say, but uh, here we are. Listen, coach, I know all about Erie, Pennsylvania, because last year on a trip with women's basketball on the way home from Buffalo, we got stuck in Erie for 14 hours. Okay. Back roads, fire department had to rescue us. It was unbelievable. I've got so much respect for anybody that chooses to live there. It is, um, it is definitely an acquired taste. Let's put it that way. It's really, uh, I remember waking up, I had, my apartment was upstairs and I had to go downstairs and I opened the door and I had snow halfway up my door. And I was like, I opened it and it just stayed there. And I was like, this is unreal. <laughs> so uh, fortunately I had stuff at the house, you know, you had food, you didn't have to go out for anything, but you know, you see pictures of cars that are literally frozen shut from the waters that come off of Lake Erie and it's bananas. You know, people think Michigan's bad, but that, that is a, uh, Yes, that is something there. Yeah, the, no snow. I, I can not see enough snow ever again if, after if that's the case. Yes, yes. You look at, 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 at lacrosse, and for Eastern uh, folks, a lot of fans may not be overly familiar with it. Eastern knows that they have a club team, but for, for novice fans, what's kind of the, the biggest thing that they can start looking for out of, out of your program building, as well as kind of what's the style that they can expect to see on the field when, when they watch your team play? Well, I think something to kind of keep in mind about lacrosse is that it's not well-known, but it's also the oldest game in North America. It's something that people need to understand has been here long before any of us were. Um, and it's a game that has been continued to play since then. You know, we're talking 1600s here. You know, the first settler saw the uh, the Indians playing or Native Americans playing the game. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's something that it's not obviously our game now is not the game that was played then. But uh, I think we have to respect the history of the game before we can continue to move forward with the future of it. But, you know, I, I think for us in terms of what you can look for is that we're going to have a very diverse roster. We're going to have Michiganders. We're going to have Midwesterners, but we're also going to have lots of different states representative and hopefully hope represented and hopefully be an international program as well. So, you know, uh, you'll see players from Ohio, Kentucky, Florida, uh, hopefully California, Pacific Northwest, you know, as well as the Eastern seaboard. So, I think that's really kind of the unique thing is that we will definitely be a representation of the 50 United States. And I, and I, that also brings 
kind of an eclectic version of lacrosse because you're bringing players from all over the country who play a little bit differently. So, you know, for us in terms of uh, stylistically, I play really a blue collar type of lacrosse. It's very hardworking. It's uh, a very gritty, tough type of lacrosse. We're very aggressive in it. Um, and so, you know, that's the, those are the type of players that we're looking for. Um, you know, it'll be pretty, hopefully <laughs> that's, that's the goal, but you know, it's not going to be all flash and, and, and wow. Um, you know, but the, but the, it'll get the job done. You know, the goal is to put the ball in the back of the net more times than your opponent. And, and that's what we're going to work towards. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, stylistically, again, it's just going to be very, very hardworking, very blue collar, just, it's going to be fun. You know, it's gonna be a lot of fun to play the game. And it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch it. And, and, for what people should look for and what sports that they can see in it when they watch our game is lacrosse is kind of a combination of soccer. You'll see field hockey, you'll see ice hockey, and you'll see basketball. So those are all games that people are familiar with those games. They'll see little pieces of uh, those games within the scope of lacrosse. Now, rules wise, doesn't make sense to anybody, but that's okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, but you'll see, you'll understand like we can play behind the net, like you can in ice hockey, you know, we'll pass to space like they do in soccer and in field hockey and expect a player to run onto the ball and, um, you know, basketball, there's a lot of assisting. So, you know, uh, I think it'll be somewhat familiar to people. Uh, there'll be some, some oddities, but overall, I think they'll, they'll get a good general understanding. Coach, I'm freaking fired up. I want to. I want to play lacrosse now. I want to come out and see this. This is unbelievable. You're a, you're a master motivator. I just met you, but it's unbelievable. So you're very kind. Before we before we get to see your team on yes. uh, in action, we have to have a team, and so that's certainly something with building a program that uh, is not only a challenge but one of your first things on your list. And interested to know because if Greg and I were recruiting. Uh, you know, the, the future SIDs, we could talk about the past player, the past SIDs that have come through here and gotten great jobs, the history of the school, we both went to school here. So we can talk about all those points. You don't have that luxury per se, because brand new, you can't talk about the all Americans or the all Mac players that you've had and, and whatnot. So what are those pillars that when you're contacting a family, and I've got to imagine they're going to have some reservations saying, well, hold on, this is a, a new experience. Do we really want to take that risk? But why is it worth taking that risk if you're a potential student athlete uh, to come to Eastern Michigan and be a part of building, sure. I mean, program, there, not just carrying yeah, it? There is, there is definitely skepticism that comes with the unknown. And I think, again, it's a special type of player who can look past the skepticism or the, um, again, the unknown to say, this is an experience I want to be part of. And, and I'm realistic with people and sharing how there will be ups and there will be downs. There will be moments that you are so grateful to be a part of it. And you'll be like, and then the next moment it might be like, what was I thinking? And so, you know, the great thing is I've done this before. I feel like we can see the forest through the trees a little bit faster, get out of the darkness, maybe a little bit more because I'm not as, you know, immersed in it and learning at the same time as the players. These are going to be experiences that I've had previously. And, and again, I, as I mentioned before, I'm learning from mistakes that I made and things that I did well at Grand Valley to bring that here. And so, you know, Again, just the reward of doing this and being able to look back, um, you know, 10 years down the line and seeing the success that the program had and say, I did that. I helped do that. And when I was at Grand Valley, I told those first couple classes, I said, look, I said, you guys are doing this. This is, you guys are responsible for the trajectory of this program. You are building this with me. And so 
the tough part with that is that because you are building it with me, you may not get to reap the rewards of the program because you're in the building stages. And so some of those kids who graduated in that first four-year class, they didn't make the NCAA tournament. But two years later, we went. And they are directly responsible for doing that because of their passion, because of their drive, because of their commitment. We did those things. And so it's exactly what I'm conveying to the student athletes we're, we're speaking to now is just how special this process is and how how rare it is to find a place that wants to set you up for success as a program and a new program. A lot of places will say, oh, we're going to start a program or we're going to start a sport and be like, here you go, swim. And it's immediate and it happens right away. And you you don't have the time to bring in quality athletes. You don't have the time to plan. And, and Eastern's doing it the correct way. You know, they're giving me the time and giving our program the time to find athletes and, and develop and cultivate the culture that we want to build before we even step foot on the field. And so to have that time and, and um, you know, that space to be able to create, it's allowing us to build something very special. And so, you know, for me, it's obviously since we're in such a unique environment now with being part of a, you know, a global pandemic recruiting is all via, via zoom. Um, you know, I've had 80 plus hours probably on zoom where I've spoken to different recruits and their families. And, you know, whereas I feel like in person, I, I like vibrate with, with passion and energy. I have to work really hard to convey that through zoom. So people understand how excited I am about building this program and why this is so special, not only to me, but also to Eastern and to the entire, you know, Eastern community. So, you know, I work really hard at that. And, and really, it's just a matter of, of finding those kids who are excited about that opportunity. And, and there are a lot of them, you know, I, I ask the kids when we're on the, these calls and like, why Eastern Michigan, why are you interested in being a part of our program? And, and, or why should we recruit, recruit you? And a lot of them, and it may just be like, oh, we got to tell her I like a new program, but you know, they're mentioning the fact that it's a new program, the fact that they get to build something special and, and that they feel like they could be a leader within the program, you know? So those are, those are things that are coming out of their mouth. So it's just, you know, those kids are getting excited about it as well. So that I feed off of that when I'm speaking with them, but it's, you know, it's a unique opportunity. Not everybody gets to do it. And why not you, you know, why not you, why not take the chance? You, you lose nothing by taking this chance. So Speaking of taking chances, your first person that took a chance on you and your first signee in program history was Avery Schwab, who comes from the Dublin area around Columbus, Ohio. What attracted you and have you talked about uh, what it means to be the first player signed in a program's history? Well, you know, in speaking to Avery, Avery actually, she went and saw the school before I got hired. You know, she was she was very much a go-getter in this process. And I think that spoke volumes as to who she is as an individual and, and why I should recruit her. Um, you know, she took it upon herself to do that. There was nothing, I wasn't even officially in, in, in position yet. And she did this. And so, you know, I think for, for me, knowing that portion of her and then watching her film and seeing, you know, she is a smart attacker. She can feed, she can drive, she does the right thing. She uses both hands extremely well. She um, is smart with the ball, which, you know, when you're starting a program and you need to hang on to the ball and some mistakes happen, that's a really good thing to have, you know? So all of those things were really nice um, as well as the fact that she was going to, you know, would be a, a valued member of the academia here. Um, she's extremely smart academically. And so she'll, she'll, you know, represent our program extremely well. So, you know, I think those were the initial things that really drew me to her and then being able to speak with her uh, via Zoom, you know, that was, it just kind of solidified that this was the right decision. And, and, you know, again, she was the first one who had to believe in my vision and, and my passion. And, and so, 
you know, I am so appreciative for that. And, and again, for forever in history, she will be the first signee of, of Eastern uh, Michigan women's lacrosse program. And, and so I don't think that that gravity is lost on her. The weight of that isn't lost on her. I think she's so excited about the opportunity that, um, you know, she's messaged me and texted me and said, you know, if anybody needs to talk to somebody about why I did it, let me know. And she's happy to be a part of this and, and continue to build it. So, you know, again, I, I, th I think she understands exactly what that means and um, is just excited, just as excited as I am to get started. Well, you can't build a program without the help of others either. And I know you've mentioned a couple of times in certain stops that you've made, it's been uh, almost like can't miss opportunities because of the people that have supported it. Talk a little bit first about that relationship with Scott Weatherby and the administration when you kind of knew this could be a good fit. But then also we've talked recently to Scott Hall too, who's over on the soccer side of things. And although he's uh, certainly a few years past building his program, he was here at the start of that of that program build. And I know soccer is a sport you'll be very intertwined with in terms of that working relationship. So early on in this process, how has it been working with, with the admin and both Scott Hall? And, and where do you see those relationships kind of going and how important is that going to be uh, in your future? Well, having an athletic director who gives you the freedom to do your job, but also understands and buys into what your vision is, is, is a few and far between, as well as, you know, just invaluable is to have somebody who supports what you're doing is, is extremely important. Um, because when people ask me, okay, you know, what is the buy-in from the administration? I can, without hesitation, share how excited everybody is and, and what the buy-in actually is. And, and honestly, I knew Eastern was special kind of going through the interview process. I, I first interviewed, um, you know, via Zoom. And, and at the end of it, I shared that I was six months pregnant and was like, you know, I may not be able to start right when you want to get everything rolling. And they said, that doesn't matter. You know, we will, we will accommodate whatever we are very family forward. And so that, that meant a lot to me in bringing a new, a new member of my family into this family that meant, meant the world. And then coming onto campus, the, um, the measures that everyone took, uh, during the COVID crisis and me being seven months pregnant, it was, I felt very safe. I felt very welcomed and that was huge. You know, it, it could have gone very badly and it didn't. And it was, it was a wonderful experience and talking to other coaches and staff members about how excited they were to just work at Eastern that had nothing to do with lacrosse. That was so nice. And now, you know, as I'm going through and meeting people, people are here forever, <laughs> you know, they don't leave, which is, says a lot, you know, it says a lot about the, the culture of, of Eastern Michigan. And so working with Scott, it's been, it's been a, a pleasure, um, as a boss, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hear from him a ton, which is really nice, you know, like that, that's a good thing. That's, it means either a, I'm not doing anything wrong or B that I'm allowed to run my program as I, as I see fit. And I think it's both of those things. And so, um, you know, I have been really reliant upon Scott Hall with women's soccer, uh, mainly just to, to learn about Eastern, you know, he was very, very, uh, instrumental in the very first call, I got text him. I was like, I have some questions. <laughs> it's like, I'm about to talk to student athletes and I have some questions. And, and I was able to ask those questions and get his responses. Um, even more importantly, he put me in touch with some of his student athletes who could, uh, speak with some of our, uh, potential student athletes, uh, about their experiences, because I don't have that here. I don't have that quite yet. Um, we will soon enough, but not yet. Um, so to be able to have those young women, uh, volunteer their time to help me again, says a lot about, you know, the Eastern community and everybody's supporting everyone. And, and, you know, uh, 
Scott and I will work very, very closely together. We're going to share a facility. So we will, we will definitely work hand in hand. He's been a great resource to me. I'm very, very thankful for him. And, and, um, you know, if I ever have anything or, you know, need a, another coach's perspective on something, I just text him and he's super responsive. So, uh, again, overall, I feel, I feel very welcomed here. I feel very supported and, um, that's kind of from all, from all avenues. I was lucky enough to be, uh, at your, uh, on your yes. tour when you were here for campus for your interview. And you could certainly tell the passion that you had for the sport and staying close to home. So we were lucky enough to have you here and, and thrilled to have you as part of the EMU family and, and to see and, you get your program going. And, you know, you're in the presence of one of those people at Eastern that doesn't leave because although Greg does not look a day over 27, he's approaching the 20 year mark here, which is just fantastic. That's a- don't, don't remind me that I'm, I'm approaching that 4-0 club too. Oh, hey, I will be there very soon. Oh. Very soon, like literally in months. So um, not ready yeah. to be there yet. So I'm, I'm, no, yeah, we're no, in the same no. ballpark. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's I, definitely I, a, a moment. Confess, <laughs> you have hit one of my lifelong goals already. You okay. have appeared on a game show. Yes. You were part of Hollywood yes. Game Nights. Yes. I've always dreamed of being on a game show. What was that like? <sighs> the most surreal and coolest experience at the same time. So I was. I love game shows. I love, you know, I will watch Wheel of Fortune. I will watch Jeopardy. Um, I love game shows. And then I started to watch Hollywood Game Night, you know, five years ago. And I was like, I should be on the show. Like I'm, I'm watching it and I know all the answers. I can do this. And like, I, you know, there's a part of my brain that I probably should use for other stuff that just stores pop culture really well. And so I was like, this is, this, I'm meant for this. And so I applied and I went through most of the process, but I couldn't go on the dates that they were hired or were, were looking to film um, because they were literally in the middle, middle of our season. It was like April. And I was like, I can't do that. So um, I actually put it off and then redid it about a year later. And I got the call and, you know, you go out thinking, you're going to be on the show. And then you go down to the lobby and you realize, like, you see these people sitting across from you and you're like, oh, this is like the hunger games. Like (laughs) these are people who are competing for a spot on my show. And I honestly was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not leaving here without that opportunity. And so we had one more interview slash little competition, uh, just with ourselves and the producers, but then they picked who they wanted on. And so we filmed later that night. So I filmed that night and I, the coolest part of it. I mean, yes, it would have been amazing to meet all of these TV stars that you see, but being such a sports junkie, I was on the first ever sports show. So getting to meet, you know, uh, Olympians like Apollo Ono and Tara Lipinski and, you know, icons like Al Michaels and Rich Eisen. And, you know, I had meet Burleson and Maurice Jones drew like, I couldn't have picked it any better. And so, and I didn't pick it. So that was awesome. But, you know, to go through the whole process and at the end of the show to, uh, to have won, it was so cool. And it was the hardest secret to keep, honestly, you know, that and the, what my little, my, my daughter was, you know, those were two really, really hard secrets to keep. So, um, but the coolest experience and Jane Lynch, so funny, so down to earth. It was just a really, really cool experience. It sounds awesome. Even though Jane Lynch is now trying to be too serious as she hosts the weakest link. Uh, she, she's got to loosen up again. I know. I, I honestly have not watched that one yet. I don't watch that much TV anymore. <laughs> well, you're a little busy, but uh, next time, when, as soon as yeah. we're able to go back and do trivia, I'm calling dibs and have you on my team. Sounds good. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Greg, but I think survey says we have a winner here at Eastern Michigan and coach Jackson and, and coach, we can't thank you enough for 
taking the time. We're glad that our fans and uh, and alums are going to get to know you a little bit better through this podcast. And as you continue to to build your program, eventually we'll finally get to see you out in the field. So until then, best of luck with everything. If you need anything, everybody at Eastern's always here for you and uh, we'll be happy to help you in any way. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. This has been a blast. I, I look forward to to meeting all of our, the rest of our community and uh, yeah, in a couple of years playing in front of them. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.